Hello, I am Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast, and I am very excited to introduce my two friends here, Miles. Hello, I'm Miles from the Disdump Podcast. And Josh. Hi, I'm Josh from the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. We are very, very excited to be doing a brand new podcast together. We are joining forces, and we are going to be reviewing horror movies. It is called High on Horror. That's going to be our podcast where we talk all about horror movies. We're going to review them, and we're even going to have some audience participation. I hope you guys are excited. The show will debut on the first day of fall, September 22nd, so be on the lookout for that. Until then, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at HonHPod, where we'll be pumping out quality content all the time. And remember, life is tough, so why not take a break and get high on horror? Of this shit. Oh my god. It was. Hit record. Hit We're recording. We are good. Fucking, <laughs> I was falling out of my fucking car. 400 copies of Get Smart. Yeah, we had to back up to the dumpster, and then one of us <laughs> got in, and the other one stood on the little, uh, the, 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 the connector point that when the, the dump truck comes that they stick the forks into. Yeah. We yeah. stood, we stuck one foot in there so that we could reach over top and we were just handing them out like we were scooping water saw, that had broke we were, the levees. We were at Starbucks, which was attached to the Blockbuster. We were at the Starbucks yeah. and we watched the people from Blockbuster yeah. dump big old boxes full of like DVD because we knew the date was coming. Boxes. We're like, yeah, all right, they're they're gonna I, be getting rid of all this shit. We got to figure out what we got to do. Yeah. So we sat, we were sitting out there talking because we would normally sit when the weather was you know conducive. We would sit out in front of the Starbucks and we'd sit out there and talk. And then once it started to get dark, we heard noises coming from the dumpster back there, and we knew it wasn't cars at the drive-through. So we moved out to the furthest table so we could also keep an eye on the dumpster. And you watched and them just we dump. watched them dump. And we're like, money, baby, here we go, let's do it. <laughs> What well, happened to all those d- those get smarts? They probably so, just got thrown. Okay, away. so it turns out <laughs> it turns out that they weren't full of the DVDs. Right, themselves. right. They were just the boxes. They were just the boxes left over. Yeah. So, so we, we stripped them. We actually had a plan where we were going to sell the DVD That's boxes right. online. That's right, I remember that. Or I don't know, even if we, I mean, we got them for free. Yeah. So even we if we sold them for, them for a nickel, a, yeah. yeah. This, we and this was precisely your argument too. You're like, yeah. and we filled the we car got with them. We got it for free, so we, any any profits profit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Shipping and listing, none of that costs any you ever, money you ever or seen, time. You ever seen Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? I love that movie. So when he's over there cutting copper pipes, that was me. Yeah, yeah, I, was, that's right. yeah. I was over there being like, "It's look, I'm hustling, I'm hustling, and I want some money." Every day, yeah, You're like you low budget frisbees. That's here what, we go. Oh man, it was, it was perfect. But I have them. I have all those containers. You still, have I them? still have all those containers because I used to put all my bootleg movies in those containers so that I could all stack them up in my DVD racks. Do they still say "Get Smart" on them? No, no, we threw the papers away. Yeah, I was gonna say, just keep out. Steve, yeah. like, cut out all the Steve Carell faces and stick them on shit. That'd be amazing. 
<laughs> that would have been fucking We should sweet. have, but we did not do that. Yeah. We anyway, uh, welcome to the Distump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to, to decide, are we going to put Steve Carell's face on it? Uh, that would be a great show, actually. That would be a great show. Should we put Steve Carell's face on it? Um, so uh, I'm joined by the kickstart with Matt and Matt. What up, Matt and Matt? Hey, Hello. hey. We got to hear about their proclivities of... Uh, of Taking all of the movies out of the dumpster that couldn't handle. Dying businesses. If your business is going under, we're coming for you. We're, we're no, coming what? for your trash. We're actually, we're coming for your dumpster. We just want your trash. We're we're like uh, we're like entrepreneurial raccoons. <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna bleach my eyes. I won't have these rings anymore. I'll afford it. I'll be able to afford it. I'm just saving up for that moment. I don't know if I'm a possum or a dog. All no I know is I'm, I'm nocturnal right. and I'm not foaming at the mouth yet. Yeah, I got my shots. Step back from my dumpster or you might have a different story. Are we going to have a problem? So if you haven't gathered it yet, we're talking about the movie Prometheus. Because we mentioned it. The context clues were written all over that. I don't know. If you didn't get it, you're dumb as fuck. Because if there's one thing I remember from Prometheus, it's Steve Carell's role was fantastic. I loved it. Did you know he was an engineer? He was an engineer. He was all the engineers. Minimal prosthetics. Everyone was cut out of a Get Smart catalog. We've never seen Steve Carell naked. So don't assume. Speak for yourself. I'm saying. Except for Miles. And we're not going to talk about that because he signed an NDA. (laughs) We had to check to see if he got tested. (laughs) we had to know so the movie prometheus um so we're continuing z november into z december we're several weeks into z december but we recorded the last one in z november yep so we're finally in z december what's more festive than a bunch of aliens destroying people's bodies right that's it Um, so the movie Prometheus. Isn't that what Jesus' birth was all about? <laughs> right. he, got, yeah. he got artificially inseminated right into his mother. By, yeah, by, by, a, by a god. Yeah. By a fucking divine being. Yeah. And then he burst out and he was like, I am the savior of the world. And she was like, that's a big job to have. Yeah. <laughs> all right. there's, there's no, there's no epidurals. Maybe, maybe build Why a birdhouse I- with your dad first. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you fucking <laughs> Of a bitch. I, know I know he's not mine, but I love the Lord because I'm scared. I'm scared of what he can do. I'm just a humble carpenter. <laughs> so, I don't have drills yet. So, overarching thoughts. Let's bring it back. Bring it back. Sorry. Overarching thoughts of Prometheus. Um, Matt Gervasi, you said I'm, you are a fan. I'm going to have some, it's probably an unpopular opinion in the, in the general consensus, but. For a change, I, I do. I do enjoy this movie, and I've seen it a few times. I, I liked where it was, what it was trying to say. I feel, and I'll say this up front: I feel like this is more of a companion piece to Blade Runner mm-hmm. than it is to the Alien franchise. And because I'm such a fan of Blade Runner, I I gravitate a little bit more towards Prometheus because it explores a little bit more that nature of creation, the nature of humankind. However, there's a there's a lot of religious subtext going on throughout the film that I feel is a little bit uh, uh, misplaced. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets a little uh, gets some dings on the score mm-hmm. in that department. However, I do like it. I do I do think it's pretty good. Okay, right on, Matt Suter. What do you think? Um, I 
I will start by saying Prometheus is my favorite mythological character. Uh, and so immediately this movie has uh, lost points. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think they? Uh, why do you think they called the ship Prometheus in this movie? Well, the idea. Are you familiar with the myth of Prometheus? Yeah, he's a guy who gave everybody fire. Yes, which is which is uh, metaphorical mm-hmm. uh, for the idea of knowledge, right? Right. right, that, right. The, the idea, the things that the gods have. I'm going to do my best to keep this reined in. <laughs> and for that, he got his. Liver, liver, His liver, because out the Greeks eternity. believed that was the seat of the soul. Whereas is. with Christianity, we did the heart. Yeah, yeah I know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's time, where right? my yeah, spirits yeah. go. <laughs> Salute. Yeah, right. Uh, so um, yeah, so so off to a bad start. But uh, they then the the uh, the film explored some interesting concepts, but I felt it did so poorly. Uh, I, I was okay with it. Uh, that I feel that way about these last two films of the franchise. I, I feel like they're modern enough where if I remove myself from the insurmountable expectations that some of the you know more decent films have created, uh, that it's just like okay, you're going to expand upon these ideas, you know, and take it here and there and everywhere. But I, I, I think ultimately, it's 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 all right. Was this the return of Ridley Scott? I feel like this is where Ridley Scott came back. I think just generally the audience was not receptive to this this vision and this interpretation of where the franchise was going. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like Ridley Scott was doing a great job in the direction. I felt like it was it had scope, it had like the same sort of feel that I'm used to with Ridley Scott. Uh, it was a little bit of a return to form. Um, it just felt like the script was lacking. I think Ridley mm-hmm. Scott really does best when he's dealing with other people's scripts. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not really sure who wrote the script on this one. I think it was a it was a team effort. Um, wasn't Steve Carell? That's for sure. We know. We know. If it was, we would be raving about this fucking thing. We would for have sure. zero doubts. And a thousand copies. So, yeah, I, I feel like this is the return of Ridley Scott, and uh, it's pretty clear that they're like the AVP movies did not happen. Right. So, yeah, they right. go and do some revisionist history on this fucking for yeah. sure. So the AVP movies only proceed into the uh, Predator series. They are forgotten in the Xenomorphs. So we open with a big ass waterfall on an alien planet, mm-hmm. and there's a chiseled fucking alien. He's like Adonis, so ripped, mm-hmm. and he drinks water that has poison in it and he shatters in the water and uh, his DNA just kind of breaks loose and infects it as he dissolves. So this is right away like spitting right in the face of any kind of evolutionary <laughs> ideology. <laughs> That's, uh, that is that is my off, litany. Off I have a litany of, of scientific problems here. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is just shitting all over every like known fact yes. when it comes to science. Yeah, thoroughly. Thoroughly. Science is out the window for this one. Right. Yeah. Um, Then we cut to Numi Rapeface Mm -hmm. and the guy from Upgrade. Numi (laughs) Rapeface. I don't know how to say her name, but it always looks like... She was the girl with the dragon tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, well, 
<laughs> it only supports Numi Rape Face. You know. You know. Uh, I have Numi Rape Face and the guy from Upgrade who's low budget, Tom Hardy. That's mm-hmm. exactly. Yep. Yep. I, I, he's, he, yes, he's bargain bin Tom Hardy. Bargain yes. bin Tom Actually, Hardy all the way. I mean, it can't, uh, Upgrade came out at the same time as Venom and Upgrade was a hundred times better even though they were the same movie. Right. So, like, so wait, was it was it Tom Hardy in Upgrade or no, was it, it was, this guy? it was this guy. His name is like... Thomas Logan Logan something green or something? I'm bad with celebrity. Tommy Softy, I think. Tommy Softy. <laughs> Tommy Softy. Soft serve, Tommy. And he'll serve you real soft stuff. You yes. know what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so they find some cave paintings that tell them, like, oh, we know this is some ancient alien shit. Yeah. So exactly yeah. who's coming 35, to get 35,000-year-old Giorgio, Giorgio Tuscalopolis. Yep. Yeah, that, which, which is already a problem, but I'll give you forty dollars for this uh, cave painting <laughs> in Philadelphia. It's in worth Philadelphia. fifty bucks. <laughs> worth fifty bucks. Um, so then we determine that Prometheus is the name of the ship, and uh, Fastbender, Michael Fastbender, is the robot, and his name is David in this movie. Yes, and. If, if there was ever a point where Fassbender carried a movie, it was in these two movies. Yeah. This is Michael Fassbender's like resume builder right here because right. he can take this film to any person and be like, yeah, see what I did? I was I was Atlas on this movie. <laughs> I carried much. the world on my shoulders, <laughs> and I made it through the box office. We we broke even at least. Yep. Yes, and I mean I think they did it in order to make the sequel. Um, so uh, Fastbender is a robot named David, and uh, Numi Rapeface is having dreams where Patrick Wilson is her dad, and uh, they're talking about death. I took issue with this a little bit because I I can't conceive of a technology that would allow you to like peer into someone's dreams visually. You never that saw Inception, bro? Well, but they were like <laughs> in the dreams. They were like living in the dreams, but mm-hmm. he's like watching through like some weird technological like fucking knockoff VR helmet looks like it was made by Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. Some nonsense and he's like what like and it was like Strange uh, imagery was coming in and out of the dream sequence, like the cross, you know, when they're talking about religion or just the mom when they're like, oh, yeah, mom's not here anymore, and, which is a, it's it's a little bit heavy handed expositional. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the the technology didn't track when you're when you're watching a movie mm-hmm. about science fiction where like a lot of the other technology kind of is making some sense in the rules of the world. Right. This seemed a little bit out of place. They really threw away the tactile, like, analog future that they established in the first movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is taking place, it's, it's noteworthy that this is taking place in, like, the year 2091 or 3, or what is it again? 2090, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's, like, 2093 or something like that. Well, 2089 is where they open up, where they find the petroglyphs in Scotland. Yeah. There, so. Okay. I think a few more, a few years later, I think, what, well, two years later, twenty. what was it you say? 2089. 89, so I think it's 2091 mm-hmm, that this okay. movie is taking place. Yeah. <clears throat> so it takes place 10 years after the original movie, which mm-hmm. was like 2079, I believe. Oh, no, no. This takes place prior to Alien. Okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, tw- we'll I think discover. it's 2170-something. Ah, okay. I think that's what it is. Gotcha, um, gotcha. It's like, I think, it, it, and, and don't quote me on this, and I might be wrong for the purists out there, but I believe it's like 100 years in the in. In, in the, the future, yeah, yeah right that, that would make sense. That would make sense. But it still eschews this whole analog, you know, 
technology thing, like the mother yeah, they, computer. 2093, I do have it written down. Mm. Oh, it's December 21st, 2093. Yeah, right, because they arrived there on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, by the way, yes. Christmas coming up. Yeah. Christmas. Make sure you get all your <laughs> presents ready. Uh, threadless, or disdump.threadless.com. There you That's are. right. Go get some disdump podcast merch. Merch, baby. Merch, baby. Right. Merch, baby. Um, so, uh, David the robot is watching these dreams of Patrick Wilson in Africa. Right. And, I wish uh, Patrick Wilson was my dad. So, everyone else is like asleep on these ships, but David the robot stays awake the whole time. So, how does yeah. he pass the time? He just learns. Mm-hmm. Is this whole thing? He's, he's right. studying. He's playing basketball. He's doing all kinds of cool shit. And um, then Charlize Theron wakes up, and she is the representative of Whalen Yutani Industries. So mm-hmm. she wakes up, and she's doing push-ups right away. Right away, she's like, "I'm badass. Yep. Remember Vasquez? I'm like that. Can't compete." And then, meanwhile, everyone else is awake, and they're barfing their guts up. Right. Right. And um, everybody else, their their thing is a hundred credit terraforming mission. Terraforming mission. So it's like hundred bucks. You get to go on this huge mission that will take up majority of your family's life while you're in cryostasis. I, I think right. that that so that was so so that dialogue piece right there was like a moment where um, two of the guys who are okay. So these like long time. Uh, it's worth noting that. Idris Elba is like the captain of this Prometheus ship, right? right. Who is kind of this long time uh, burned out captain man who's just, I'll just do what you tell me because you paid me money. Mm-hmm. And these two guys who are his crew, they're like, they're just taking bets and they're like, I bet you it's terraforming mission. And the one guy's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. And then they do a little, like, right before the whole, you know, expositional preview right. of, of what actually they are there for. Right. Yeah, they're they're uh, they. It's crazy that everyone signed up to be on the ship without knowing exactly what's going down. Yeah, it's it's almost like a, the, it does seem fucking develop their lives or something. It seems like uh. nonsense. This is what I did take an issue with this in the plot line because there's a bunch. There's like you, you for such an important mission for for the idea of exploring the nature of humankind and where maybe possibly knowing where we come from. Sure. You're just gonna get some ragtag bunch of mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are all just a, a few, like a few people who know something about a different topic that they need. A geologist, <laughs> a biologist. They have like just some like AVP. That's right. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like AVP. <laughs> for for a movie that they shit all over in terms of like the revisioning can like revising the canon. They're borrowing a whole lot of shit from it. Of course. Yeah. Well, that's the idea. They're like, we're gonna take what you did, but do it right. We're gonna do it right this time because we're gonna Ridley do it with Idris Elba. Fucking okay, yeah. and Idris Elba's gonna be the fucking captain. Captain Janik, he's gonna be there. You remember the black guy from the last one? That's right. This time it's Idris Elba. It's yeah. the one from the office. You remember the guy? <laughs> <laughs> Not the wire. No. None, no, none of his better work. None of the other ones. Yeah, he it's... was in four episodes of The Office. <laughs> So, I do love his character, by the way. It, mm-hmm. He's probably my favorite. This sh- uh, well, well, I have a lot of overarching thoughts about this one. So Meredith Vickers is who Charlize Theron plays. 
And uh, Peter Wayland, who is played by Guy Pierce in old people costume. He, yes. He yes. Is, old people face. Yes, old people face. <laughs> Who's had apparently a whole bunch of candles melted just right over top of his forehead. He looks gooey. Yeah, for sure. he's definitely moist. Um, and he is the grandson of Bishop Wayland, mm-hmm. who was played by the guy. By our dear friend and Lance, colleague, Lance Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson. So this guy a, is the grandson of him. Him, which makes sense that he's not the, the son of him, right. especially since Bishop Whalen shows up later, 200 years later, yes. in Alien 3, but whatever. <laughs> Have you seen uh, any like the bonus content or from like the no, bonus footage from the DVD? So part of the reason I feel like that uh, Guy Pierce plays the old um, uh, uh, Whalen's character, Peter Whalen character, is because they do this like... TED talk from like the year like 20, 25 or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's doing a TED talk and he's talking about like his uh, vision of uh, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. artificial life that he's like kind of making. There's also a couple like uh, written like emails that they, that are between him and a colleague talking about making allusions and Easter eggs about like Blade Runner and Mm -hmm. Tyrell Mm -hmm. and like how Tyrell was trying to make these like robot people or these like uh, biological robots, whereas he's making more like purely synthetic robots Mm -hmm. and he plays like the normal guy Pierce in that, in that era. Right. And then he's like pushed into the old people makeup later on. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like a, a tactic to make this character seem a little bit more to demonstrate the progression. So this is what like yes. a deleted scene or something like yes. that. Yes, this this is like oh, a okay. bonus content. Well, that makes sense. That makes feature. sense. I'm just just in, to enlighten and just sort of like okay. broaden the perspective of it. And anyways, yeah, he's, kind he's of old. That uh, that being a deleted scene kind of wiggles its way into the intro of the next movie. Mm. Yes. So yes, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, get yeah. there. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear next week, audience. That's right. Um. So um. Numi rape face is named Shaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Shaw and Guy Pierce Bishop, uh, they uh, they decide based on the cave paintings from around the world that all kind of congruently diverge that they choose to believe the engineers of life on Earth is who they're looking for. They call them the engineers. Perfect. It's such a great pretense to just launch a billion dollar expedition <laughs> on. Hey, Wayland's all about it. Throw some money at it. Every, they address that in the movie. They're like, why would we do this based on cave paintings? And everyone's like, faith, essentially. Yeah, this is yes. this, this is this weird exploration of, of faith and, and religion. I hear we'll Elon Musk talk about this all the time. It's just got faith. That's how he became the richest man in the world. That's right. All about faith. I've had faith my whole life. That's why I have money. Not because my family owns a diamond mine. Don't fuel the rocket ship. (laughs) It's full of faith. It's full of faith. It's all about faith. It's God. Also, I'm going to get high right now. Yeah, right. Um, so Meredith Vickers, uh, she does not dig scientists no. at all. She's nope. not into it. Nope. I hate science. I hate everybody. I'm from South Africa. So <laughs> they uh, they go to a planet. I don't know how to respond to that. They go to a planet. <laughs> they, they go to a planet where Idris Elba points out like, oh, hey, 
there's some straight lines here, and God doesn't work in straight lines. This is consistent. That's, that's knockoff Tom Hardy. Is that what that. it is? Yeah, because oh. he, he's the zealot there, and he's meanwhile he's <laughs> so in the beginning here he's throwing and and throughout the movie he is throwing so much shade at David. It's mm-hmm. it's it's worth noting that he is basically <laughs> so this knockoff Tom Hardy is the kind of guy that goes into the grocery store and starts kicking the Marty cleaning robot just because <laughs> he can just because yeah just cuz he right. can fuck you cleaning robot we're going to do five police report yeah. <laughs> but it's not a crime if you're not a human if you ain't got a fucking soul <laughs> and that's what <laughs> that's what what Waylon says all right. his little like right. uh, uh, expositional dialogue yeah. diatribe he's like David will never have what you have which is the soul I'm from the Wizard of Oz and I'm like <laughs> I'm also fallen and I can't give up <laughs> I need life alert help David help your life alert that's right and, and like David is constantly getting shit on like he's not a person right and this is I feel like a very strong subtext that's running through the movie that I that like this is what I'm keying in on when I watch this movie, which I think is part of why I like it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to the alien associations; I'm paying attention to the the Blade Runner associations. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but continue, please, Miles. Uh, are you Miles. familiar with the Uncanny Valley? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, for the audience, the Uncanny Valley is the difference between human and robot. Where it's like we're cool with robots, but if they're just a little too much like humans, right. we're uncomfortable by it. Yeah. And David lives in the Uncanny Valley. Yes. Hundred percent. Absolutely. So they explore religion and they explore the Uncanny Valley throughout this whole movie. Like especially the next one. Like that's the whole thing is like we're trying to figure out the difference between man and God mm-hmm. and robot mm-hmm. yes. and creation and all that. So th- Absolutely. those are the undertones of these movies. Absolutely. Um, so especially like when knockoff Tom Hardy says like, you're, you're close to human, but you're not too close to human. <laughs> yeah. Well, David says not too close. I hope. Yes, yeah. Right, right, and that's right. just him like throwing some shade back, but that gives you a moment where you're like, David is aware that he is insulting him mm-hmm. and he feels insulted. He has feelings and he know it's very subtle, but he knows what the fuck he's up to and he doesn't like it. Right. Cause I mean, all he had to do was be nice to him. Right. <laughs> every time I go to the grocery store, I say hi to the cleaning robot. So do I. Because I fucking love that guy. He's got googly eyes, he and does. I actually like him better than people because people fucking suck. Okay. I hate people. I do that. I thank all my my assistant devices that I have in here. You better. I, absolutely. You better. I don't even do it out of fear either. I just do it out of common courtesy. Why would I treat you any different than any other person or thing that? I talked to you did something for me right you did it you are you are worthy of appreciation we're all basically look we're not that far we're not that many steps away from being robotic right there's a lot of shit that we all do we don't even know why no clue because it's an automatic mm, response that's right that's right it's all automated and I think that the moment that we stop acknowledging that is the moment that words. That's this is when this is going to happen. This is- I I apologize to Alexa all the time. Yeah, like I talk to her, I have conversations with her. When I worked in the hospital, they have a robot that rolls around and just delivers medicine from department <laughs> to department. His name's what? Tug. <laughs> yeah, they have six of them bitches. Wait a minute. What the yeah. fuck? 
fuck? They do. I, I bumped we're, gonna, into, we're, we're done talking about this movie now. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's one, talk about this. One hundred percent of the time, if you wanted to go somewhere in the same hallway as Tug, he would literally go out of his way to fucking get in your way. No, he's the dumbest oh robot. But one of them had a mustache on him. Oh, that was man. my favorite one. That's he was like, what you he was like want. Tug number four. Yes, he had the mustache. Quattro, alone. Yes. So um, anyway, so just personalization on robots is all it takes. <laughs> Yeah, and the moment they sass them. you, you need to destroy them. <laughs> don't don't let all the rest of this movie happen. <laughs> no, exactly. you shouldn't. You shouldn't sass them at all. Is the point. I agree. No, <laughs> I'm the saying point. they're sa- if they start sassing you, that's termination that's a dead time. Robot. You yeah, cut them exactly up, you get right. some milk out of them. That's exactly right. Pull that milk out, and you need to reuse those parts. That's a dangerous <laughs> yeah. thought process. <laughs> Not with but, robots. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> just tug the milk out. That's anyway. right. <laughs> Um, so they come across this. It's epitaph time here, folks. It's <laughs> a map fell out of his chair. There's a t shirt. Tug the milk out. Just tug the milk out. Just a, a gravestone, tug the milk Oh my God. fucking Christ. I love it. We're not even 20 minutes into this movie yet. <laughs> Just tug the milk <laughs> Oh my God. Shit. So they come across this hollow vessel. They think it's a, a weird shaped cave at first. So what they do is they get out these pups. Which are just like balls that uh, shoot lasers and they like lo- map I, stuff. So I, I for up up to a certain point, I love this like angry Scottish Mohawk guy who's like, yeah. I'm here for fucking money, yeah, yeah. I got fucking money, <laughs> and he's like, I'm I got my little pups, and he's gonna throw his fucking ge- geology like little spheres out. Just, right. just another wank off of technology from 2093. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, but but yet I love that this is tied into the alien Blade Runner universe, Mm -hmm. yet, like you mentioned, Matt, none of the technology resembles any of the technology we've come to know. Right, right, right. And he should... The guy directed the original movies. Yeah, yeah, why? Yeah. And as a producer, why aren't they in the fucking movie? There's zero reasons except for your laziness. That's the only possibility. I These audiences big, are keyboards. I wanted those. Yeah. Oh cl- yeah. Cl- 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 that actually, I, l- listen. That I would have turned it around. All I the way. have a USB keyboard. I probably have maybe. 150 keyboards. Okay, that I've amassed over the years of fixing computers. <laughs> I have one. That has clicky keys. Mm-hmm. That's USB, and I don't know where in the hell I found it, but I will never get rid of that thing because it's the perfect marriage of modern technology and ancient inconvenience. <laughs> I want it to be as noisy as possible as I try to quietly type something. I love it. I love that. Yeah, I might hit you up for a keyboard here shortly. Oh, anyway, yeah, please. Yes. <laughs> so they map out this uh, this spaceship. It turns out. And um, the the they determine the air is breathable, so n- knock off Tom Hardy takes off his helmet, ill advised, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh, he's fine." So then they all take off their fucking helmets. Like this a- is this is where things start breaking down because I'm because you're talking to you're talking about a guy who's supposed to be well versed in the sciences, and he is just so obsessively 
and, and like invested in this moment that he is going to endanger himself and everyone else by possibly exposing himself to a million different contagions. Contagions is number one. That is that is literally every uh, documentary or commentary that I've ever watched, listened to, or read from any biologist or scientist. That's the first thing that they list. They say technology, like them coming and like shooting a laser beam and destroying our planet, planet that's the least thing that we have to worry about it's the fact that they might have some weird variation of say just the common cold that we've never encountered before boom wiped everybody out oh he got um, we got this look at you ever seen signs yeah, yeah. m night you ever seen the news have you ever seen the news oh yes yeah but anyhow yeah, so, and that is super addressed in the next one. Yes, super duper. Yes, yes. But in this one, they don't bring it up because, Mm-mm. well, not the next movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, they, uh, David finds magic slime mm-hmm. and he turns the ship on. And all of these holograms come bursting out. And it's like the, uh, the original inhabitants of the spaceship mm-hmm. and everyone chases these holograms and they find the decapitated alien going into the other room. The door just cut his head right off. Yeah. And the geologist guy is like, fuck this. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. I do not want anything to do with decapitation. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> He's like, I spent two years of my life to do some kind of geology study. Right. For money, mm-hmm. and nobody told me people were going to get their heads cut off, and nobody told me that there were going to be aliens here. <laughs> I don't really like this. I've got tattoos, but I'm not that bold. Right. <laughs> All right. Most of these were done in cryosleep. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel a thing. So they're they... all tribal tattoos from places I've never been. <laughs> the old tribal. <laughs> I'm American, in case you can't tell. What tribe are you from, Kyle? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they poke at the alien, and they somehow determine that the alien has been dead for two thousand years. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep. That's definitely a 2,000-year-old dead dead yes. body right there. So it's like, surprise, we know that. <laughs> Even though the next movie 100% contradicts what we just figured out, that the alien <laughs> yeah. has been dead for 2,000 years. Yep. Um, so then they find a field of not xenomorph eggs, and there are like these weird worms mm. in the soil. <laughs> so there's apparently a deleted scene um, in the movie where the biologist... And just just to preface like some of what's coming up, the biologist guy is like some southern fucking like uh, fucking <laughs> some da- down home guy who's like, oh, I'm just here for the fun. I'm mm-hmm. here for the biology. He he sees like a little tiny uh, worm thing at some point, and he's not threatened by it. In and the he's, water, yeah. Yeah, and like... We're, we're gonna get there. Oh, yeah. That he, this shit is like, pisses me off. <laughs> there, there's some deleted scene where he like interacts with it more, mm-hmm. and he's like showing why he's not threatened by it. So, anyway, just keep that in mind. They go should ahead. not have cut that out. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> this seems so to be important. the idea that Matt's bringing up all these deleted scenes, and, you know, and like they seem to be like completely changing the pace of the this movie. Is, this is why I think I like the movie because yeah. I went and, du- and dug a little bit deeper yeah, this, and I found stuff that should have been in it. This sounds like but better I, setups. I don't think that it has a director's cut which is the problem. No. 
It's missing a director's cut with all well, like, it came the out in 2012. We just got to wait another 30 I'm years. We'll put it out. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's almost a decade old now. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Next Holy month, it'll shit. be a decade. Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't even think it's pretty that. wild. Yeah. Good gravy and biscuits. Oh, That's there fucking wild. There you are. So uh, this is the point where I wrote the score is excellent. It's very grandiose, mm. choral, and sci-fi all at once. Like it hits all of those massive notes for something yes. like this. Mm-hmm. So the core or the score is not a problem with this movie, right? Absolutely. Um, so then I wrote that the eggs or are organic and oozy. I don't know what that means. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? Oozy, um, oozy, like O-O-Z. That's what I, I have. Yeah. Like the first Uzi. Power Rangers movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, yeah. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and David is very fascinated by like this oozy nastiness coming yeah. out. Yeah. And they're like, don't touch a damn thing. But let me just point out that no scientific protocol is being followed ever. At any point. Ever in this film. It's so annoying when you're when you're watching a science fiction film trying to <laughs> yeah. trying to analyze the science. Right, of the movie. right. They're taking they're they're this traversing not- into new environments, whether they're going from outside where the air is breathable or the inside of the air is breathable, or and then they're going into new spaces with new biological things whether they understand what they are or not they have to assume that they're putting things into the atmosphere because that's the inevitable reality of any biological thing that it's going to interact with its environment and contribute to it and so therefore some of that may be toxic exactly nope. lewis and clark it's all that's good they nope. are. that's right that way, nope. and I, I do think that they're it's leaning a little bit on the whole like uh expeditionary you know uh uh, expo- exploratory nature of like the frontier mm-hmm. that that these people are so excited and and so um, uh, like faithful right in in what they believe that mm. they don't they they're just uh, like es- espousing all well, not espousing but eschewing all of this like common sense well that's right. all because rather than being sent by kings and queens they were sent by Alper Pal- Emperor Palpatine yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I control the senate <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so yeah they uh, they do address that though they're like why would they pay you this much fucking money to go to space based on some cave paintings, and they're like, right. it's all about faith. It's yeah. Sith Magellan. That's right. I'm <laughs> Sith Magellan. <laughs> Darth Magellan. Darth Magellan. <laughs> Rain that one down. Darth Magellan. Darth Magellan finds your exploration <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Your lack of exploration. (laughs) (laughs) We will pay close attention to your career. Um, Okay, so then there's a storm incoming that apparently arranges fucking diamonds. Silica. Silica. Yes. Yeah. Of course. That's that's absolutely what happens. Okay. Because silica can can like split into little pieces and fly through the air as if it was shrapnel and fuck people up and that sure does happen a bit of an allusion to like the alien's anatomy i uh, maybe i'm just reading into it too much Mm -hmm. but the alien from alien i feel like this is like the silica storm is a bit of like an an allusion to the fact that like it's this unnatural combination of elements that silica is not that uncommon on earth either yeah but i mean there it's a silica or no it's a um What's what's the alien? It's a 
silicone-based life. Yeah, they're silicone-based life. Silicone-based life. So, you know, just the idea that, like, silicone is, like, raining, it's it's supposed to be, like, a little bit of an illusion. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like there's, like, carbon flying through the air on Earth. <laughs> no, know, not, like, not in, a, in a, an impactful a, way. Right, right. I mean, it's yeah. still around. Yeah, it's around. It's in everything. That's the idea, yeah. Th- this movie, what I, what I kind of did like about this movie is that it dances around the alien, mm-hmm. like, movie lore, yeah it tried it yes exactly the lore it tries to like fit itself in in a very like uh out like a uh, peripheral way yeah, which auxiliary. i did enjoy yes and i did i like that it didn't try to just be some kind of canonical prequel rather just uh, and yeah like an auxiliary uh allusion to the franchise mm-hmm. and i think it, it stood it's it did a good job of standing apart from the previous installments by, you know, separating itself mm-hmm. mm. far enough. And then it throws up all over it in the next one, which right, we exactly. will... Oh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get there. So, um, Numi Rapeface and all of them decide to cut off the head of the alien Great that idea. got his head snatched in the thing. Yep. So they're like, you know what? All we need's the head, fucking dummies. Yeah. And I uh, like heads. Yeah. I like heads. <laughs> and uh, David decides to steal an egg and bring it on board. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cool fleeing the diamond storm, glass storm, silicon storm thing yeah and everyone's running away they drop the head and they're like we gotta get the head this yeah. can't be for nothing and uh david ends up saving everybody from that storm mm-hmm. this is like this could be argued that he's he's programmed to do this right now there is some uh animosity that david has sort of alluded to in previously in the film at this point but i feel like this is a moment where you you understand that david actually has some level of empathy like he does he does enjoy his interactions with certain people, yeah, like right. Shaw particularly, and he does not like knock off Tom Hardy. He at super all. does not like. Right, him. he doesn't like him so much that we're going to explore that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because human Tom Hardy is like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" To Numi Rapeface, and David like pushes him out of the way, and he goes, "Are you all right?" Mm. Like proving that David is actually more human. In like more empathy. human than human. Exactly. Go watch Blade Runner. There you go. <laughs> People yes. on the audience. Rob Please. Zombie fans. Rob, I was going to say, or, or listen to a Rob Zombie song. Yeah. <laughs> Slam in the back of my <laughs> Um, I love Rob Zombie. Anyway, uh, so the biologist and the geologist actually are stuck on the ship. They're like, fuck this, we're out. And then they went and got lost. And everyone else bounced and left them in there. So this is a common uh, criticism of this movie. When the when the geologist himself gets lost in the cave that he scanned with his little pups. Right. How the fuck's that even possible? And the pups are still loose on the ship, like which yeah. will come back into play later. So the biologist and the geologists are on the ship and they're like we need to come back and they're like wait till the storm's over okay and uh so then on the ship the alien it turns out is wearing a helmet that they take off of it and um it turns out it's the kind like the one from the beginning of the movie that's just chiseled and he's he rapidly mm. starts to decompose yeah and it opens its eyes and reacts to the fact it's yeah. decomposing he's like what the fuck why'd and, you bring me back for this i hate it it's kill me yeah right exactly and they uh they contain it just in time before it explodes so that didn't work out. Turns yeah. out oxygen bad. 
Um, well, yeah. but, but we got to remember that on this planet, it's seventy-one percent hydrogen. Mm. Right. So I thought, the, I thought the carbon carbon monoxide was like seventy-one. They they talk about it. It's seventy-one percent hydrogen, twenty-nine percent oxygen, and okay. three three percent uh, CO two. Right. Well, I didn't write that down. I didn't write that down. Either, that, that's like I an er, early thing in the movie that the uh, one of the like crew members mentions. Well, anyways, it's all not, I it's know is you're dead. You're dead. It's two minutes without a suit. That's exactly what she says. That's exactly what she says. That's all she that said, matters. Two minutes without a suit, you're dead. Yep. Right. You you're right. 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 Um. So, uh, David gets specifically called by Charlize Theron. And uh, she talks about some secret like mission, and he's like, "I'm trying," and she's like, "Try harder." Mm-hmm. So uh, Charlize Theron don't take no shit, she's taking the uh, the strong female character thing to the max. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah. She's she's kind of the inversion of the strong female character, right? Into like a villain, mm-hmm. you know. She's, uh, I mean, she has a job to fulfill, and she has a mission. But it is not a moralistic one. She no. doesn't have a vision of altruism like Ripley did mm-hmm. in the original Alien series. And I guess it's intentional. You know, it must be in the sense that they're portraying her in that way. She's advancing the motivations of a single person rather than the masses. Yes. It seems like Dr. Elizabeth Shaw's only motivation is to have a full mouth of food during every take. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, 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 really, that's really what it seems like to me. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> so... So... Uh, after that scene, David is secretly examining the egg that he stole. Apparently, he didn't make it known to everybody that he stole this egg. Right. And the the DNA in the egg is very similar to humans. Mm. And he pulls out a piece of it and he goes, big things have small beginnings. And that is where this movie is about to take a serious turn. But first, why don't we take a brief break and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Distump Podcast, where we talk about Prometheus with Matt and Matt from the Kickstart with Matt and Matt. You can check their show out wherever you get your podcasts. Very funny show. I enjoy it. Um, I want to just say if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget the PP. It's important. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, that would be super dope, but you don't have to, whatever. And, uh, so I do have merch though. You might be interested in some of that. I'm going to be making a Palpatine Magellan shirt here soon, eventually, who knows? And, uh, that'll be pretty fun. There's chaos and milk. There's all the logos, all that good stuff. So if you're interested, make sure you check those out, but don't buy a bunch of stuff thinking I'm going to make all kinds of money and you're being real supportive because... I'm not. It's uh, it's very much not something that I make a lot of money on. However, get yourself a bath mat. Get yourself a shower curtain. All of them with my face on them. Who wouldn't want that? Also, check out my other podcast, High on Horror, which is a horror movie. 
I guess, review podcast I do with my boys Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds and Chris from The Geek Peak. And uh, we came together to be a super group podcast. And uh, last month we were number 150 in the top 150 podcasts in the movie reviews section. So... Yeah, we're, we're kind of a big deal. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. Anyway, so uh, yeah, check that out. And if you type in Toast of the Realms on Etsy, you can find my 3D printing page. Uh, if you want any D&D miniatures, busts of various characters, or uh, custom-made orders, I'm learning how to do those. Just hit me up and I'll be able to make you a little something. All right, let's get back to it. What are you doing? Uh, what? We're back. We're back. I just Here, let me do it too. There you go. I'm going to do it too. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, so um, Fastbender has his egg, right? And um, the, the human is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Fake Tom Hardy. He's like, he does not dig the uncanny, uncanny valley. So yeah. there, there's some, there's like a little sense of in this moment, uh, some, some subtext of David having some connection to the creation of life, which is an inherent uh, desire, like an, an inherent intrinsic desire for mm-hmm. human beings, right? We all feel this need to create. We all feel this need to foster uh, and maybe not. Maybe some a little less than others, but, <laughs> 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 but on who I'm speaking to. But uh, you know, there's there's this, this desire to kind of like foster life and right. to be a part of the the cycle of creation. And I feel like David has just been inherently denied that ability or that like luxury mm-hmm. to have any kind of like connection to making new life. And here he has found a means for him to do just that. Right. To be more human, right? Right. Because that's his goal, like his ideology, which is another reason why I feel like this is a con- more of a connection to Blade Runner. But anyways, <laughs> go on. Um, I'm sorry. Dude, that's so insightful into what is happening in this movie right now. Because like, the n- help yourself. Oh, do you want me to have it? Okay. I'm just, just, you just, break it. Just move it, move it over that side and let you know it's there. Okay. Well, yeah. The, um, so, it, uh, yeah, it's that's very insightful, especially, like, after I, I watched this and then I watched this, the sequel. Yeah. And it's like, they are such strongly, compa- like, the next one answers all the questions that this one presents. Yes. So, it's hard to, like, talk about this one without also talking about the It is. Yes. It is. So, yeah. like... A hundred percent, yes, he's like cultivating life and appreciating life. And meanwhile, evil Tom Hardy's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's once again proves that he's more human than human. He goes, are you all right? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on with you? Like, right. why do you feel so hostile? I love his clinical, like his clinical approach to addressing Bedside issues. manner and shit. Yeah. 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 This is how I feel generally towards people because I feel like I'm living in a, on a plane that they can't understand. Not to be, not to be self-indulgent. But to be self-indulgent, right. I do feel like that I feel a disconnection towards people because they, they're not very self-aware mm-hmm. and they are not, you know, they're not thinking a lot about <clears throat> their motivations and he's challenging his motivations right yeah. then and there in that moment where he's yeah. like, wouldn't you do anything? 
to find out more about your God, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. why was I made? And fucking the guy goes, yeah, because we could. And he goes, how disappointing would it be for you if you talked to your God and they said, because we could? Yep. Like, Which is the answer to the whole question. Exactly right. Yep. Just because yes. they fucking could. Possibility. Pretty fucking profound, though. Like, <laughs> David is a super, super well-written character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he saves this movie, in, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. the, he is the reason that I like this movie. Yeah. He's Ridley Scott's wet dream with the intelligent Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's Roy Batty... 4.0. He is like they've had. He's had decades to ruminate on this subject. That's right, we're gonna craft it. So David has made it pretty clear he doesn't like this guy. So he he gets a little eyedropper of goo and the guy's drink and encourages him to take a shot. Yeah. Um, drink up. And uh, so I wrote, "We evolved from them like a pregnancy test." I'm not 100% sure what that has yeah. to do. <laughs> Why not? But uh, that makes sense in the, in in like the following uh, sequence where you're getting into like the Shaw and Holloway and like they fuck. I wrote they next. fuck. Yeah. yeah, they fuck and then like she I guess she's like barren or She says she's sterile. Yeah. She's yeah. sterile so like I wrote, she can't have babies, but she do. (laughs) (laughs) You you did a Neil deGrasse Tyson meme on it. (laughs) I love it. Yes. (laughs) And then, um, then, uh, what's his name? Idris Elba Mm -hmm. talks to Charlize Theron and he's like, I mean, if you want to fuck, you could just say you want to fuck. And yeah. she's like, I don't want to. F- okay, meet me in my room. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> this is like, at this point, Ridley Scott is like, everyone in the script is going to fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everyone who's going to, who's got a dick and is ready is going to fuck. And everybody who got a pussy and wants to fuck is going to fuck. This is it? the erection act. That's what it's the all erection. about. That's I love it. It's my favorite rising action. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Erections, Act Four. Yeah. <laughs> so the geologist and the biologist are just stuck on the ship while everyone else is fucking, and they're like, "You know what? Let's get stoned." Yeah. So they smoke a bunch of ganja that they <laughs> smuggled onto an alien planet. Absolutely, alien ganja. And then a uh, a weird. They end up in this weird egg field, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them kind of opens up, and there's a snake thing. And the biologist, but it's not so much an egg field as it is like a like a uh, vagina on a string. Well, what did they call that? What was that? Um, that place that used to be over by Walmart that we used to go into all the time. Everything was always overpriced. Um, uh, Pier, not uh, what was it? Pier one. Pier one. Yeah, Pier it was just a billion. whole bunch of vases in the whole thing. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on vases here? And, and vases in chairs. the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all they had. We just wandered into an alien Pier Silverware One. Silverware and yeah. That's exactly. what it is. <laughs> the alien Pier One. So they go to the alien Pier One, and there is a snake that he opens up like a fucking cobra. Yes. And the biologist is like, Gucci, Gucci, Goo. Right. Oh, because that's apparently, how you do it. apparently, marijuana makes you into the dumbest humans who've ever walk the face of the earth Naturally. let alone this planet like let's give them a reason this is like a, a slasher trope happening right yeah. now yeah. yeah let's give them a reason to not think clearly so that they can be in a a, a, a compromising position right and, and this is what is it and this is once again like I said like a deleted scene would actually give more context to this situation because this guy encountered a previous less evolved version of this worm right where he was like okay this is not a threat so when the goo gets 
imparted on like the natural life that's living in that little you know little base that they find he feels like it's it's the natural evolution is that this thing is still harmless it's not a predator but you don't get that when you're watching the movie because there's there's no context that he has some assessment that this is not a predatory being. Right. Even like, though even if the assessment's wrong, because it <laughs> clearly is yeah. from the next sequence. <laughs> right, right. Like just the fact that it responds like a cobra, even if he had all that beforehand, it responds like a fucking cobra. You're not gonna go tickle yeah. a cobra's chin. It fans out. I mean, look, if the audience if the whole audience is saying stay away from that Mm -hmm. i think it's probably best in a science fiction movie for your character to say i'm not staying here right yeah (laughs) but But, but that's the slasher part that's the slasher because yes don't go into the basement you know and they go down there anyway yeah yeah and and they have every reason to know better right and it goes completely south yeah so it like bites the dude in the fucking hand and he's freaking out and he's like oh jesus and uh, a face hugger comes out and it grips the uh geologist in the face (laughs) and it goes through his his like helmet and it's so fucking cool like the way he busts through the helmet and it just like it like deflates like implodes on his head Oh, so oh, good. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so yep. good. This yep. is one of the best moments in the film yes. right here. It really is. <laughs> and, like, I think it's someone pitiful. tries to cut the snake thing, and it has acid for blood, and it mm. gets real weird. And uh, basically, they both fucking die right there. And that's, yeah. like, that's supposed to be, I guess, some allusion to the original films. Like, they, they're, you know, the black goo has imparted some sort of acid for blood molecular change, and mm. it's... Uh, and it's uh, composition and so now it's it's very very dangerous because it has like some acidic blood and then we're going to get more into that a little bit later yeah as we're as the black goo is the bridge between you know what we're watching in this movie and what we've seen in alien right yeah because this is some john hurt shit if there ever was any yeah oh yeah (laughs) so um I have probe is detecting life, so David goes to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure what that means. And then I have everyone goes out to try and find the scientists, which I assume is the two people who are on the ship who we just witnessed die. Right. Everybody knows that they were spending the night there, and they're like, "Yeah, well, let's go help them yeah. now." Right. Yeah, they're just, like, you guys like, stay right. safe. Idris Elba's like, "Stay safe out there," and just like keep your head down and they're like let's explore yeah. and, so, and so instead of like all right guys the lord down, of the rings trilogy is over let's swing back <laughs> around and see if we can figure out how these guys are doing yeah, i've spent eight hours with peter jackson <laughs> i'm done now it's time for exploration i'm door the explorer now <laughs> right I'm tired of and this. once we find them it's all your fault peter jackson that these people are dead <laughs> has nothing to do with ridley scott That's it's right. all about peter it's jackson all peter you're jackson. a swiper peter jackson you're the fox that steals shit from people you're an animated fox we tried to tell you no swiping how many times i say it listen and you You still wrote it in the script you dick (laughs) then i wrote david and vickers are up to no good and vickers sends him on a special mission where he needs to go into the room with eggs Mm -hmm. and uh David cuts off his feed to be like, fuck you, bitch. I'm going to do what I want to do. And she gets real mad. Yeah. And he gets into the control room of the spaceship. 
This is where the previous scene from the like the prologue intro comes into play, where he is like learning a variety of ancient languages. Mm-hmm. Like he is he is amalgamating like various languages so that he can have some sort of like familiarity with like anything that could come up, mm-hmm. and him you know finding like earlier when he's finding the answer to the door and he opens it that's that's his proclivity towards you know alien different alien or like not alien but just like different ancient like dead languages yeah Mm -hmm. so i really i really want to talk for about 35 minutes right now (laughs) but i'm going to try and summarize it with it's important to remember that anything in the present is built upon something from the past. That's a very good point. Right. Absolutely. And that and that is exactly the premise of why he knows how mm-hmm. to access this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And that right. that's that's implied in the beginning of the film when they're saying that all these ancient civilizations have had some contact with the species that has influenced right. our creation. Right. Yeah, he definitely that was a very good job summarizing 35 minutes of speech I, and by 35 sentences. minutes I mean 35 hours right. but, yes thank you you wanted to go off about try, this in Alien vs Predator oh, also man, I, I have so many things to say good, good doctor so while uh, oh goodness sorry while, uh, while David is figuring out the controls for the ship the crew finds their dead friends and they're like what the fuck is yeah. going on here and um it turns out the aliens controlled the ship with a flute, and David learns the secrets of the universe through holograms. I don't it, know why music has become like a high school band is the best way to navigate a ship if you through ever deep seen, space. If you ever yes. seen a high school band, you That's know right. it's about as uh, <laughs> it's all powered by the woodwinds. That's right, you want to be with the woodwinds. If you got the reed in there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then everything's gonna be fine. Keep it moist because if it dries out, oh no, you're lost. You don't want that. So knock off Tom Hardy's infection starts getting bad. Apparently he yeah. got pretty infected and it yeah. ain't great. It doesn't look good. Mm-mm. Doesn't look fun. He's, he's, um, he's done a lot though. He's he's mysteriously impregnated his wife. Well archaeologist's yeah. wife. And he's got worms coming out of his eyes. Yeah. And he's hiding all of it. This is this is the character. Knock off Tom Hardy is the character that I hate the most in yeah. this film. 100%. Right. Yeah. And he's so hateable. And this is a little bit of why I feel like the movie departs from uh, the typical science fiction tropes mm-hmm. in that I don't really like, <laughs> like, in fact, I actively hate one of the main characters of the film who's supposed to be guiding, he's supposed to be a surrogate for the audience, and instead, he's a dickhead. So it's it becomes a little bit patronizing and, like, criticizing to the audience. This is why I think that the movie is, like, not well-received. Right. Because, like, if this is your surrogate, he is being <laughs> made to look like a fool, and that is making you feel like a fool as the audience member. If you're following that <clears throat> character, yes. If you're if you're going along with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like you're starting to depart as an audience member from him, but then who do you have left? Right. A a zealot the zealotous religious person, Shaw. Mm-hmm. You have a cold like almost a robot, but not really a robot, 
Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. and and you have an actual robot, right. <laughs> David, and you're like, where is my emotional context supposed to sit? Right. And you have Idris Elba, and you're like, maybe it's supposed to be him. Yeah. But he's like this fucking stoic. I'm with you know, him. I'm with that's, him. That's he's the, a he's, duty man. Yeah. He's, he's the, yeah. He's the only person that has like some emotional anchor. Yeah. And I'll bring up I'll bring up a, a recommendation at the end of this uh, for like a movie that I feel like does this a little bit better. See, the twist I was expecting <clears throat> was that he was going to end up being an android. Him? Ooh, that because no, why? because. He's he plays the He's just living. He's just living. <laughs> you can't be mechanical and play an accordion, man. <laughs> an accordion in many ways. That's am right, I right? Exactly right. It's all about the inflation and hopefully the deflation. Otherwise, you have to see a doctor after so many hours. Uh, but the, the uh, I I appreciated his approach to experience. Where he was sort of indifferent about everything, and he was just wanting to experience things. I felt that that lined up with the desire to collect information. That's why he fucks Char- Char- uh, yeah. Charlize Theron exactly, at bro. some point, because he even asked her, are you a robot? Yeah, right. Yeah. And just want to check it out, because we could just plug cables together. That plants a seat. He could be come in like Avatar. Hey, I'm, telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. string the braids together. But he's like, that implants a thought in the audience of like, well, okay, we'll get to that later, but um, I'll I'll say this: is she I Android? knew that he wasn't, mm-hmm. but I hoped that he was. Yeah, that didn't make any sense though. Do he's we, he's do the we, most human person on the whole ship. But that, but that's why I wanted him to be a <laughs> cyborg. Cyber yeah, <laughs> that is that's also like a, a theme for this movie and the next movie, and I think maybe even a couple of the other ones is that the guy who's in charge of the big giant robot ship yeah. is among the most human characters right. in the show. Like right, the right. Most relatable people. Yeah, like yeah. he's like, he's like an analog to Dallas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, he, he does a great job being not an important character. Yeah, um, yeah, he's the total total B string guy, and he yep. does, he does a great job. And it's very off, it's sort of like off kilter for Idris Elba, mm-hmm. who's like a leading man type of guy. It's a be a background character. I appreciate whenever he does that. Yeah, and, and he's done it a lot. Yes, he he, has. yes, he has. <laughs> he's been relegated to background characters a lot, and I and I, he does a really great job with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it feels a little wanting. You know, like you're expecting his character to no, be more. Not for Maybe me. that's part of why see, yeah, see, it's I, I think I've always felt like whenever I see like a prominent actor or actress play the role of like a secondary character, whether they're just like doing like a cameo on something or whatever, those are my favorite highlights of their career because it's someone who is sort of uh, sloughing all of the expectation of their audience less where they're like listen thing, right listen i i'm just here i'm just a person i'm just gonna do this thing look i'm dead the best example of that i've ever seen is johnny depp in the movie tusk absolutely i couldn't agree with you more that's yeah. the couldn't best example of what you I, just said and if i were to find an example that's the exact one i would point to i could not agree with you more he's got like this weird lazy eye and he's just and, like this and he, is what's going he's on he's just with doing me. a straight columbo impression <laughs> at the very end of the movie there's super no, long monologue yeah it's it's beautiful it's completely uncomfortable i love it i he, love oh, it's it. the best I example of it. like a main guy being a background yep. guy 
Yeah, it's perfect. It's like absolutely perfect. Something about his performance made me drool. I don't know what it was, yep. but it was I'm fantastic. All about it. Anyway, we're 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 in uh, uh, <laughs> the probe detecting life. David goes to figure it out. Yeah. Um, hubby's infection is getting worse. Okay, this is where we're at. Um, David figures out that Ellie is pregnant. Who is new me rape face, mm-hmm. and um, it's Holloway's baby, and um, mm. it's an angry alien. Is what I wrote next. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. Infected Holloway's baby, right? Because she's been an, imparted with the goo, but only through her uterus. Okay, and that's the way it should be. I'm about that's to make a reference, Miles. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to cut this out because nobody's gonna understand this but Matt. But she's about to get pregnant twice. <laughs> well, we're leaving it in, but I have no idea what you're talking about. It's okay, you can leave it in because nobody she but Matt. That's going to be the only person that knows about what that means. I mean, it seems accurate, whatever it means. <laughs> it's the truth, though. It is. She got pregnant twice. Is, yeah. She got pregnant through. Well, for one, she's like she has a, some barren wasteland of a uterus, <laughs> right? And, and so Holloway impregnating her at all mm-hmm. is like a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the black a uh, black goo miracle. And then the black goo has tainted that baby into becoming some sort of fucking weird starfish monster. Right. Which we'll encounter. Starfish monster. Yeah. (laughs) We'll encounter that later. Suicide squad all over again. That's it. So it it becomes pretty clear that David's mission. Idris Elba's in that one too. Yes. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Oh my shit. He knows what he's doing. He's mad that John Cena's better than him and everything. He's got one of those like crazy like home uh, like detective like trying to track a serial killer boards with all the red strings. Yeah, he's, he's just, got, he's got he's just like, I'm all, over. all right, this next movie's coming out next year. I heard about it. They're in production. They're posted <laughs> pre-production. I'm going to try and get that job. He's got that red string. He's tying it around the thumbtack. Like, <laughs> so Ridley Scott pales in comparison to Idris Elba's. Absolutely. Yes. No idea. No exactly. idea. It doesn't share it with anybody either. And he's, and he's sharp as a tack. Let Absolutely. me tell you, pun intended. Um, so it becomes really clear that David's mission is not only to infect her with alien baby, but he wants to get it back to earth. Typical um, whaling bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I wrote David stole a necklace and uh, he wrote, he said, how have you lost your faith Shaw? So once again, the theme of faith comes back into it because even though she's a woman of science, she wears the cross that her dad gave her yeah. when he was in Uganda or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like soft science, though. She's an archaeologist. Yeah. Soft yeah. science is a good way to put it. She's very much yeah. a soft scientist who was given several billion dollars to figure out where science goes. This is the problem with giving lots of money to a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> And letting them lead the way. Fucking so, stupid uh, guy, the, Pierce. The, the, uh, the Irish actress should have lost your memory. Should have kept your memory lost, idiot. <laughs> Sorry. So the Irish actress from Game of Thrones keeps trying to put her to sleep. Yeah. And she is uh, not having it. So she goes into this crazy med pod that's only designed for men to try and get a C-section done. Mm, yeah. This, this is the best scene in the movie. It's pretty dope. And uh, they're like, we don't do cesareans. We only do men. And she's like, how about you remove my fucking appendix then? Yeah, yeah. We only do men. Yeah, we only do men. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
and it pulls out an alien squid monster. It happens. And squid she Games. Lo- yeah, Squid <laughs> Games. There you go. Yes, dumb name for a show. Squid Games. Uh, it's nothing to do with anything in that fucking show. There you go. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they pull a, an alien squid out, and she locks it in like, the medical thing, and she's just like, hopefully that'll hold it. Yeah. Uh, and then Fairfield, quote unquote, geologist. I don't know what that. Oh, he becomes a super alien zombie. Yeah, he comes back. Fucking, this is the point where this movie becomes really, really, really fucking dumb for me. So this is actually <laughs> a revised scene from, once again, deleted scene where Fifield comes back as a more xenomorph looking alien. Like, if you watch the deleted scene, he looks real xenomorphy. God damn. And he starts are you fucking... Sure, are you sure that the guy who was the janitor at the cutting room did not just take <laughs> all of the stuff on the floor and turn it into this movie? That's that's what I would think. Because it would... sounds like everything you're bringing up as a deleted scene would legitimize the rest exactly. of the film. Exactly. Right. I think this is why I like this movie. Because it would have been seen... a three and a half hour movie. Yeah, it's true. It's, true. it's true. It's true. I think it would have stayed the runtime. I just feel like that the studio just meddled a lot in this yeah. movie and that they pushed a lot of this bullshit out because... Fifield comes back looking like a weird zombie, and he's all kind of like fucked up. But in the deleted scene, he comes back looking like a fucking xenomorph, morph, and he's like all, you know, reminiscent of lanky and spiky yes, and shit. Yes, yeah. he's very. Yes, he has the long elongated head. He doesn't even look like himself. He just looks like a like a half a xenomorph, and he's like coming in and he's fucking everybody up, and it's the same kind of situation. But I feel like that that has a bit more of a, a direct connection to the original films. And it also feels more cohesive in the sense that he has been altered. You know, like going back to the beginning of the film, he's been his, his DNA has been altered so much that he doesn't even resemble who he was. Right. But the fact that he comes back as like a weird you know, aggressive Nazi zombie. zombie. Yeah. It's right. so stupid. It just doesn't make any like, fucking sense. This was like the peak of zombie everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they felt like they needed to have it. It was like yes. a cash grab to have right. zombies in this movie where zombies <sighs> do not belong. I was going to say, yeah, because up until this point, it's, it's been very blatant about the idea that these human beings are the incubation tubes for Right, these things to be born, they are exactly. not the ones turning into these things. Exactly, and it, it there is well by the end there is some allusion to that, mm-hmm. like ideology. See now, th- but the, I would say that they could validate that whole perspective because there are certain illusions within this movie and the next where they're talking about the idea that there's been this sort of progression of the the life form. That has eventually become the xenomorph the that evolution. we're familiar with, right? It's yeah. it's that idea that perhaps at its purest form, it isn't even the xenomorph that is important. It's something preceding it that is so adaptable that it can create the situation in which it can survive, even if that means overtaking its host rather than using that as some sort of nest. Mm-hmm. Well, there there is, you know, to, to kind of like bring up a little bit of the earlier part of the movie when they enter the chamber of like eggs and goo or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that mm-hmm. is 
there is some mural that's shown briefly yeah. of the xenomorph with the elongated head and yes. like the long arms, right. like what we're used to seeing right. from the Alien franchise. Like that is some sort of immortalized, uh, I don't know, like uh, worshipped yeah, effigy. It's, it's sacrificial, it, very similar to, to uh, you know, Mayan Empire sort of thing where they're ripping the heart out, of, the beating heart out of a person's chest to make the sun rise that day. Yeah, <laughs> some some it's fucking harsh shit. Three hundred sixty-five. But oh god. But uh, <clears throat> but that that's well, not in their calendar. But I won't get into that. <laughs> but imagery, the imagery of that xenomorph looking familiar, I feel like is a some sort of connection between what the xenomorph's natural state should be. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of it. Is there's a lot of uh, imp, like. In inference going on mm-hmm. in the life cycle of the xenomorph and like what makes up a xenomorph. Yeah. Anyways, but I'm sorry. Let's continue no, because no, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I think that I think that the the xenomorph itself is sort of the it's supposed to be some sort of pinnacle of this silicon-based yes. life, right? Evolutionary perfection. So that idea that there has to be something preceding it, and it's almost as if we get introduced to the perfect form and then throughout the rest of the franchise, it's almost as if we get to sort of digress into all of the preceding forms. Mm, based on the conditions with right, which it exactly. interacts with the people. To show because its adaptability. Even Holloway, when he's like infected, he's like he's becoming fucked up, but he's not xenomorph-looking. Right. And I think that that is like meant to be in the film. Mm-hmm. I just think Fifield being more xenomorph looking is supposed to like allude to the fact that he's had more time to transform into that. Yes. Marinate Mm. into like the xenomorph being, and that there's more of that, uh, that goo, you know, like uh, uh, tampering with his DNA. Yeah. 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 Because essentially like, as we're going to go on to the film, like this, this is more implied, but like, this isn't, this is a military base with weaponry. Mm-hmm. This is meant to be yes, yes. like a bioterrorism right, center. Right. Which, Invasive force, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, like, when they look at the holograms and they're running away from them, uh, it's 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 a bio agent that got out mm-hmm. that fucked them all up. Right. And that they are not happy with that nonsense like getting out into into their fucking into their biological world they didn't want that right Which i they, didn't want that they allude to that in the first alien movie they're like we don't know what this is either it's a life form or it's a weapon yeah and it, it they exactly leading into it being a weapon really is like more what it is is it's not designed like the the species is not natural it's designed to kill yes exactly so it's, it's a perfectly killing like a perfect predatory organism which we yes. establish which we on this podcast established earlier on yes we did. by asking <laughs> what are they eating because yes. obviously they're just ripping holes with their mouths various size mouths mind you but with their mouths <laughs> through these people the dick mouths yes right exactly what are the dick mouths eating 
Uh, th- I mean, this movie and the next movie answer that question That's wholeheartedly. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so where were we? Um, uh, so the docs are trying to put her to sleep. Mm-hmm. The geologist comes back as an alien, kills a whole bunch of fucking people, and uh, they end up running him over twice and lighting him on fire and shooting him before he dies. Just in case it's like Rasputin. Yes, he's very much like Rasputin. <laughs> and then um, David covers ellie again and he reveals that human whalen has been with them all this time surprise it's a big twist it's a big twist guy pierce didn't play a small role in the movie <laughs> who would have thought he wasn't a johnny depp in this one <laughs> i control the senate <laughs> george um, lucas is behind him directing him the whole, whole time. time yep uh okay so i have a little star here I think it might come back into play later. Okay. I have the star. It says establishes xenomorphs adapt to the host's features. Oh, yes. So the squid monster plus architect equals xenomorph Mach 1. Yeah. So that will come up later. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So Idris Elba figures out the egg vases were uh, WMDs. So <laughs> weapons of mass destruction. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. And then I wrote, why isn't anybody concerned about the alien in the medical tube? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. We're just going to leave that there. We're going to be worried about these vases. She, she doesn't want to tell anybody about it because, you right. know, look, any you guys ever like broke like a vase and like an... Uh, Somebody else's house. It, you, ever, yeah, you guys ever something. broke a vase at Pier One? Yeah. <laughs> Even worse than somebody else's you house. You guys ever break a DVD at Blockbuster? <laughs> Let me tell Get you smart. something. If you broke a Get Smart DVD at Blockbuster and it wasn't closing, <laughs> you're fucked. Because right. they're going to just. They're gonna we come only you. have 4,300 4, copies of this film. <laughs> all right. And you have just limited us. Beyond an even number. We're not happy with this. 4,299. We, we have to contact their corporate offices. We're a conglomerate, <laughs> and we'll, we're too big to fail. That's a good point, though. Ain't it's no like, kiosk going to take us down. Never. One of those moments where it's like, oh, shit, not only did I violate something, I violated something that belonged to somebody else. Yeah, sure, and sure. It definitely is like a... In the ooh. grand scale to, scale of history, though, like imagine it, if you ever stole from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. does it matter anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, well ask yourself at this, this juncture question. in which the conglomerate no longer exists aside from a singular office in alaska or whatever it is I, there I, are like three or four of them that exist that's true yeah that's but right. still I did it's docu- yeah. semantics in yeah. retrospect we all should have stole from blockbuster a lot <laughs> That's easy to oh, say I'm now. Saying. That's easy to say now. I mean, now in, the xenomorphs are taking over. In twenty three hundred, will be like, "What did Walmart matter?" Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's, look. Just all I'm saying is have some perspective. All I'm saying is steal from everybody. Yeah. I'm Nobody saying, matters. Life right. is pointless. Yeah. Steal, steal, steal. That's all I'm trying to say. Theft is a crimeless crime. There you go. That's right. Nobody gets hurt Nobody. after four thousand years. <laughs> Nobody um, will know the difference. Give it, give it enough time. No one cares. Right? Tell that to people in jail. That, anyway. Yeah, that was my defense at my at my trial. Right, yeah. right, right. That's Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah. <laughs> so Nothing matters. It becomes pretty clear that Idris Elba is like taking the high road. He has no interest in bringing the zombie virus home. He saw what just fucking happened. He's like, 
none of us are going home. Like yeah. this is this is bad news bears. Yep. Um. So I wrote. He's like he's like McCready in the thing. He's like, yes. Yeah, he is. We're not making it out of here. Right. And he's telling everybody. He's not asking. He's like, we are not going home. Okay. Because I don't know if we're infected. I don't know what's going on. We're. I'm not even gonna try. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this is it for us. So he's he's pretty much like. Uh, an unsung hero in the film. He's the white knight. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. So he tells Vickers like, ain't we ain't going home. And Vickers is like, I'm Waylon's daughter. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So, um, That, oh, that guy fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that, that fucking guy Pierce gets his dick out sometimes. Gross. Yep. Um, so the only surviving but engineer. She's so young that he would have to been like 65 to, <laughs> I to mean, make her. She's like, no, she's no older than like 35. Well, he Billy was, Joel had a kid at like 68. I was going to so say, like, yeah. Shit happens. He's, he's loaded. <laughs> nah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So the only surviving engineer, which is like the, the pre-human aliens, is in the brig where they are headed. So if I'm not mistaken, the brig is where they put sea prisoners. Yes, right? correct. Uh-huh. So this is an angry alien. Yeah, they're like, this guy's not cooperating very much. He's not going along with the whole idea that uh, we're just going to let David you know, <laughs> control everything. So uh, it turns out that the the engineers were on their way to destroy Earth, and they're like, Whoops. let's wake them up. Great yeah, idea. David does some, like, uh, um, <laughs> uh, first first encounters with a third kind or whatever. Close encounters. Close yeah. encounters. But first his encounters. technically were the first encounters. <laughs> he was the first encounters. And he's doing a Richard Dreyfus impression where he's making mashed potato. Con- oh, he's uh, all about it. Fucking yes. devil's peak. He's like, and I he's can't just, eat anything. Doo, 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 doo. He's just singing <laughs> yeah. the thing and he's pressing the buttons. And yeah. he's like, I think I can do it, dad. I can do this shit, dad. And, and yeah, meanwhile, Wayland, like fucking Guy Pierce is like, I'm actually old, but I'm here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm right. actually, I really, I really, the whole reason I'm here is because I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Because I don't <laughs> like death. I hate it. I'm scared. What a bitch. What a fucking little bitch. I don't understand why you can be that fucking old and still want to live. I don't even want to live now. I'm only 33. Why would he, why would he put all this money into seeking out the source of civilization if he were not concerned with his own mortality right that's true that's, that makes it's, sense it's, what, it, what is it, the 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 guy that owns all the banks uh the fuck is his name what, what rockefeller rockefeller Roth- yes. old man rockefeller yeah. who fucking or i guess rothschild who rothschild, like yeah. just kept having younger people's organs put in him to that's keep him going do. alive you just replace all the he's parts like, in your like car until day, you have a new car he's modern day elizabeth bathory right? that's yeah. absolute yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah he just doesn't have to soak in it that's all just gets it put in yeah so his a lot more efficient his whole thing is he wants to meet his maker for right sure. right so then i wrote random red shirt lol so i guess there were some nobodies on this uh expedition yes. <laughs> oh yeah they got like Tough guy with a shotgun number one. Tough guy with a shotgun number two. Yep. The do- Irish doctor lady. Yeah, Irish, Irish doctor lady. Without a shotgun number four. Right. No shotgun. So then uh, then the architect wakes up and he's just like, oh, 
Yeah. And he like, starts fucking ripping yeah. people's heads yeah. off. Yeah. Like every time I wake up, it's like I have the same reaction. Man, I can tell. <laughs> I, can, I can testify. And I'm like, eh, I gotta fucking rip some heads off. Yeah. Who's who's near me so I can kill their fucking face? When so when Matt and I were teenagers, right? We whenever we would go to a concert or if we had like uh, like a whole weekend of shit that we were doing or whatever. I would just spend the night at his house because it was a hell of a lot easier than driving all the way back to my house and then back to his house to go uh, somewhere. So we would go and we'd I'd be like, all right, dude, we're going, you know, we got to get up at, at 10 o'clock tomorrow. What do you need to do? He's like, I'll set my alarm. I'll be fine. I'm like, okay. And so he would set his alarm and then he, he would just, just like uh, as if, the power was turned out from his body, just collapse into the bed. And then I'd lay down there, whatever. And then I'd, I'd get up, you know, 8 30, 9 o'clock, or whatever, or, you know, later on in time when I wouldn't sleep at all. And so I'd get up and I'd make my bed and I'd fold my pajamas or whatever and put them all in back in my bag. And I would just sit on the edge of my bed, very similar to David, I suppose, uh, and just just <laughs> wait for him to wake up. And then eventually, I would watch the clock and say, "Okay, it's going to be ten o'clock soon." The ten o'clock would come up. He would he would wake up. He he would lay there for a minute while the alarm was going, right, screaming at him. He would for a little bit. Then he would wake up. I would watch him grab the clock. He would fiddle around with it, and if it did not stop, he would just pull on it until it would come out of the wall he would not sit it back down throw it into the wall and then then collapse once again as if the power had been turned out to his body so so when he talks about this that that turnaround it's it's genuine I used to have two alarm clocks, <laughs> one of which had two alarms on it. There you go. So I'd have three alarms going off. And <laughs> the one with two alarms, I stationed across the room. That's the key. It's all about distance. Didn't work. Didn't work. Really? Yep. I would it wasn't up. far enough then. I would take two steps, turn it off, take two steps, lay back down 10 minutes later, and just keep snoozing. And then just like three <laughs> alarms in constant <laughs> rotation. And eventually I would get up. But you got to get the metabolism right. took running. a hot fucking minute, yeah, let me tell yeah. you. That's it. It was like when you open a bag of runts and you're looking for the bananas, but they're not all through it. Oh, yeah. I was looking for those bananas. I'm with you. I'm not 100% sure where this metaphor came from. No, I don't care. It I'm, doesn't I'm matter. With you. You're with I'm following. You. We're riding along in That's the same right. ride. We're, riding we're, making, we're making as much sense as Ridley Scott. We're, yes. we're riding that deep fried <laughs> Holloway wave. That's right. That's right. Um, so kill me, kill <laughs> me. It was like fucking Alien Resurrection. That's it. Ten, <laughs> so hour, ten hours equals three months. Just remember that. Exactly. Ten I, hours, three months. Theory of relativity. That's right. Um, the alien rips David's head off and throws it across the room. Fucks everybody up. Yeah. And uh, he gets in the cockpit. And uh, it becomes clear that he is the alien from the original movie. Dun, dun, and dun. That's when you really realize this is a companion piece to Alien rather than any of the other movies. So right. backing up a little bit, like you do see some of the, the en- engineer, original engineer, like machinery and yes. some of like their their piloting, like tech being represented in this movie, even though they're they are significantly smaller than the aliens represented. Well, the engineers represented in um alien but it's important to note that like these aliens <clears throat> these engineers like had had a uh, a different kind of like mission or a different like perspective than mm-hmm. what was portrayed in the first movie like in the first movie it seemed like that they were just like transporting some 
thing. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it feels like that they're more like sinister. Conquest. Yes, there's some kind of conquest ideology going on, which is inevitably a human thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that, and therefore, like in linking up between the two. Right. Um, at some point, David does try to interact with the alien. And he's like, "Hey!" <laughs> and in in some deleted scenes that I've seen, they actually work with like a linguist to make David's language seem very like Sumerian and like kind of see these ancient. are all things I wish were in the movie yeah yeah, right? so bad. yeah and, and and this it feels I'd be more okay with a three hour this. movie if it made sense <clears throat> exactly right and, and they don't even need to make it like longer they just had to replace scenes exactly mm-hmm. it really could have just been like the same runtime. There really aren't. There but, isn't much fat on this movie, though. Rea- in reality, no, like, it's, yeah. it's 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 moving quickly. It's pretty yeah. pithy, but at the same time, I'd have been okay with it being longer if it made sense. Right. Exactly. It's missing these very crucial moments, and I think like through the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. I think that the movie makes more sense, and that's why kind of why I like this movie, just in general. But like Dave, they, like they do this whole exchange between David and, and the engineer. And and uh, Wayland, where Wayland is like, tell him why I'm here. And David says, you know, I'm I'm here because, like, we want to know what the secrets of more life is. And then the that's when the engineer starts to understand that. <clears throat> you know, Wayland says, I made this this man in my image, and he is like perfect. And I like. <laughs> Meanwhile, the engineer is on that ship, on that base, to destroy humanity. And he was in prison. He's like, I like to stab people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He's, he's like fucking, he's like the guy from Futurama who's like, fucking stabby robot. <laughs> he's, he's like stabby Rodriguez or whatever. There you yeah. are. Yep. And, and meanwhile, he's like, uh, you guys made a, another guy? That's like perfect. What the fuck? Right, what's I was, wrong with you? I was here to kill you guys, and you made something better than yourselves. Uh, nah, yeah, right? Yeah. Nah, right. starts yanking his, and yep. he, so he just rips his head off, and he uses uses the head to bash in, you know, poetically like bash in Guy Pierce's head, mm-hmm. and he dies and shit. That that all is. Really, if you know what's the exchange is, it makes more sense. Right. But they don't tell you in the no. original movie no. what it was about. It was like, yes, he made me in his image, and like he's like, well, why are you here? And he's like, well, we're here to like ask you some questions about like life and shit. And he's like, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> like Marlon Brando no. in his late years. <laughs> in, pass. Imagine yep. if you painted a picture. And that picture painted another picture yeah. that came later to you and right. asked you why you painted it. Mm-hmm. You would be freaked the fuck out. Right. right. You <laughs> wouldn't it. know what to say. That's it. And you'd be like, I this is getting away from me. Right. I have to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> That's this movie. Yep, Start yanking go. heads. Yeah. Sure. Just start yanking them up. Uh, so he he yanks some heads and then he sits down in the pilot's chair. And it becomes really clear that he's the dude from the original. Mm-hmm. And he uh, sets to launching the ship. And Idris Elba talks to the pirates and gives them an inspiring speech to go in kamikaze. And Stanley Tucci looks weird with hair is the next thing I wrote. 
Stanley, um, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. I don't know. He's apparently there. I didn't realize it until now. Um, so they take off and they basically stop the ship from going by running into it. That's it. Pretty cool scene. Yeah. That's, that's yeah yeah. That's a pretty noble moment. Right. Yes. Like he he's, was. No one's going home today, motherfuckers. He's like, right. look, I got something I can do. I, I know this is gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. They've told me that this is like this is like a WMD WMD that George Bush was looking for. I've been right. waiting <laughs> yep. for about ninety four years, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> and I finally found it. That's right. And uh, that's they crash into it and keep it from landing. And Vickers and Shaw are the only ones left. And the crash landing ship lands on Vickers. So it's like, whoops. Yep. Sorry and, about that. And what what a big spit in the face, right? When Vickers' whole character was shown as being like a, a badass. And she's like, uh, she thinks ahead. And meanwhile, this thing is falling straight down. I was going to say, all she does is run forward. This, this is my note. This is my note. What, what does it say right there? What does it say right there? It says. Wait a minute. Let me point to the right one right here. Oh, it says bails and bails runs and runs in a in straight, straight line. line. <laughs> Meredith Vickers. She gets squished right there. Um, and then I wrote. Uh, uh, Shaw makes it to the lifeboat and grabs an axe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when the architects comes kicking in like the Kool-Aid man. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the architect gets grabbed by evil squid baby. Yep. And um, That's our baby. He shouldn't be grabbing her. Well. Except for just love. That's yeah. right. Grab him for love. It grabs the fuck out of the architect, though. <laughs> and uh, it turns out it's a huge face hugger. And uh, David says there are many other ships, and Shaw goes and helps David. She gets her cross first. Oh, the necklace thing. Yeah. So uh, the the alien gets taken down by Squid Baby, and David's like, I can help you. There are other ships. You want to come with me? We'll take this ship, and we'll go find them. And Shaw's like, okay, but I believe in Jesus. Yeah. And, by the uh, way. Uh, uh, so uh, David's like, do you want to go where they came from? And Shaw says, I don't want to go where they came from. I want to go where they came from. <laughs> and uh, then I wrote 2094. And the first xenomorph bursts out of the chest of the architect. And that is the end of the movie. Man. The deacon, as they call it. There the deacon? Go. Okay. It's the first, the first like xenomorphic thing that comes out of the engineer. Like it's it's made partly in the image of the engineer and partly in the image of like humans, <clears throat> squid monsters. Yeah, squid monster. Yep. And it, uh, this is a bit of a uh, I don't know, like a tease, a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit of a a, a a misappropriation of the themes of the film. I just feel like they don't uh, they don't really go into the the deeper themes of like the alien presence and like why it's there and like I, I know that they kind of explain it a little bit but like they don't really hit on like the points that as a, an audience member of like alien and prometheus that you're wondering about like the crossover mm-hmm. they don't ever truly intersect those things in the theme 
of the film. Right. It's, yeah. It's it's more of a it's the promises that are not fulfilled. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, it's lacking. It's, it's lacking. <laughs> That's I, an I, understatement. I, I still I still enjoy the movie, but I just feel like it's it's lacking a little bit of some of the the more nuanced mm-hmm. themes mm-hmm. that are introduced in the series of of these alien films. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Matt? See I think that all in all, there is a lot of potential in this movie. And given the deleted scenes that I have now heard, I think that there was even more potential initially mm-hmm. in this Tony, movie. It'll change your guys' perspective. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm definitely yeah, going to watch I, those deleted scenes. I have the DVD. I should definitely watch them before I yeah. make any decisions. Yeah. But uh, Matt Gervasi, you made a great point in the Alien vs. Predator movie where you said there is a balance between fun and production quality. Yes. And uh, for the Alien versus Predator ones, the fun quality was much higher than the production quality. For this one, I would get venture to say that the production quality is incredible. Yeah. But the fun factor is super, super, super fucking low. I 100% agree with you. Now, at, upon reviewing this movie today... And thinking about like the film itself and kind of rewatching some of it, I I felt like it fell a little bit below uh, maybe like Resurrection. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it had the factor of it being an entertaining ride. Right. Like it had so much production. Like it was well beyond you know every previous entry into the Alien franchise, but it was missing. A lot of the what made the what made the original Alien movie fun and Aliens movie fun, it doesn't have a sensibility about what makes a good pace of a film. It just has a sensibility about like its subject matter, and mm-hmm. that's why I feel like it's more of a companion to Blade Runner than it is to the Alien franchise because Alien deals with fear and excitement. And fear is inherently tied to excitement, but Blade Runner is more of a thematic, you know, exploration of of existentialism and philosophy, and that's what I think this movie was trying to be, more so like focusing on the David aspects of the film, that stuck out to me, mm-hmm. and I feel like it being as long as it is. I feel yeah. like it's too long. It it seemed to me like it was almost as if they were trying to zoom out so far that they removed any attachment that you could possibly have to any of the characters to yes. sort of look at these overarching themes that it's like, oh, guess what? We've been showing you these themes the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was, it was almost as if they got too focused on that idea and lost sight of the film itself. Yes. That's what it felt like to me anyway. Yes. It it lacked cohesiveness. Yeah, I mean, it did some things really well, Mm -hmm. and it did some things really poorly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's all right. So the question is, do we keep it or dump it? I say keep it. I've watched this movie because you watch the special features, which is yes. the only thing you yeah. get from keeping it. If you keep it, that's you get right. To see the special that's features. Right. If you just watch it on TV, it's not you don't get it. Yeah, keep it and watch the special features. Yeah. If you're not going to watch the special features, then dump it. Right. I mean, I I give this movie like an eight. You give it an eight? Yeah. A fucking eight. God an eight. Damn. I, wow. I, I love the production value. I love 
the um, the concepts, and I separate those things from the the actual execution. Mm. Okay. I feel like the execution is pretty like shit, mm. but I think the themes. And <laughs> once again, <laughs> I'll say, look, I'll say. Keep it if you're a Blade Runner fan. <laughs> Even <laughs> further clarification. If, if you're a, if you're an Alien fan, dump it. Dump. It. There <laughs> right, you go. Okay. Right. It, it, just in the sense of that. But if you like the bridge between the two, I think that this is kind of like the bastard child of the of like connecting the two uh, worlds together because mm. it does explore the Blade Runner sense of like creationism and destiny and individualism the ideas of like being created and what that means like what is it even if you're created from a a flawed like god doesn't that entitle you still to a full life even even if everyone denies you that life don't you like, aren't you still entitled to, like, feel something because you have it inherently, in, like, programmed into you? Because, really, we're all just, like, programmed anyways, like, even as human beings. Just like biologically blood. rather yeah. than technologically. Just because, like, they say you don't have a soul, does that mean that it matters? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that that exploration is very interesting, and that's done really well with David. That's done really well in Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. and this movie particularly. So actually, I actually kind of count this movie into my Blade Runner. Like, It's more Blade canon. Runner than it is Alien. Yeah. For sure. If, if you yeah. want Alien stuff, no. Right. Dump it. Right. If you want Blade Runner stuff, keep it. But I'm, I'm, I'm a Blade Runner like enthusiast. So See, Where I'm torn is that... If I get rid of this one, Alien Covenant makes no sense. Like, there's no yeah. reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like the ultimate. It's like the bridge between the two, Alien and uh, Blade Runner. But what do you think, Matt? I, as as the uh, fan of religion and uh, mythology that I am, I really, 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 really wanted to love this movie. Didn't work out, did it? And it did not work out because <laughs> I was disappointed over and over and over again. This is a concept that before this movie had even been started, I had rolled around in my head the idea of this sort of origin point, not only of the the, the movie franchise, but then, of course, also subsequently to our human nature and, and everything, really. But um, so when this when people started talking about this movie, I was like, oh, this could be pretty cool. This could be neat to explore this idea. Uh, but ultimately, I felt that the execution of it, as I said, was just very, very lacking. And I think with the information that Matt has gleaned from these deleted scenes, that potentially it would at the very least entertain some of these ideas. Um, but. Ultimately, I would say I, I would I would echo Matt's uh, conclusion there, but I would I would lean even further towards just dumping it because it's like yes, it does create some sort of cohesion with Covenant, but I think that there's also a layer of this. Of course, if you're going to watch the next movie, then you need to keep this at least until you watch the next movie. If you like Covenant, make more keep sense this movie. Yeah, there you go. If you don't like Covenant. Just dump them both. Just, just let it all go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bulk deal. And that 
is where we're going to leave it. There's no answer on this one, folks. <laughs> it's 100% hingent. There you go. And if we're going to keep or dump the next movie in this franchise. That's right. Get- because it, if we dump this one, the next movie, there's no reason to keep it. Right. So it's the next movie is really the decider on if we're going to keep this movie. There you go. So you guys are the kickstart with Matt and Matt. We Tell are. about your show. Tell us about we, the show. We have a podcast show that we've been doing for a really long time, and it's called The Kickstart with Matt and Matt, featuring Chris. Yeah. Sometimes. 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 But sometimes this past, me. It, yeah, this past right. week, it was featuring Miles. That's right. For the third time. Like uh, fifth, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, first has, time. That's the, it's the first time. First time. First time, first time, first time I was on camera. First time he's ever on camera. Even <laughs> that's though not it was, true. It's like <laughs> the fifth time I was on camera. Yeah, not, go on. Definitely not. But no. uh, yeah, we just talk about nonsense and some weird news. Yep. Yeah. It's just it's if you like the banter between the two mats mm-hmm. that you've heard and Miles, right? Because mm-hmm. Miles is like a a, a guiding barometer. force. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> he's keeping us level. I don't know. I can't. I'm not funny. But <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> if if you just want to subject yourself to more pain, go to the Kickstarter with Matt. If you Matt. want something to destroy the din of silence of your <laughs> everyday life. I, I have I have struggled through the the absolute horror of having straight pure silence in your life. <laughs> And so if I had anything to help me through that, I would enjoy it. And I hope that you are in such a depressed. <laughs> because we need the numbers. Because I need numbers is what I'm trying to say. Come see us on the Kickstarter with Matt and Matt. That's at right. Blogspot.com. We're not. That blogspot does not work anymore. <laughs> you can go there, but it's very old go episodes. There. Go it's there. Blogspot.com no, no, anymore. No, go there. No, just, just look for us. Look, just search on any major podcast on, yeah. uh, platform. Go Google uh, or a- Apple. Uh, music or right. Spotify, and anything, anything. anywhere Any, where you get your podcast, you can find you like the it. Kickstart with Mad Men. Yes, and it's a really good time. They talk shit on themselves. It's a really good time. I enjoy them. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I especially like the episodes I'm on. Let's be real. That's right. There you go. Uh, Miles, Miles' shows are good. Right. Oh, thanks, buddy. Everything I, uh, else sucks. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I do three podcasts now. There's one called High on Horror, where we just talk about horror movies, and it's pretty fucking dope. We actually. Were in the top 150 podcasts last month. I got well, Yes. It was fucking go. dope. We there were we number 150. So it's yes! better than Beautiful thing. Yes. That's awesome. I love yeah, it. It was fucking dope. The bottom of the top. The bottom of the top. Yeah. So hopefully we're only going up from here. So that was a really good time. I also have one t- called Toast of the Realms where we just play tabletop RPGs. I had a lot of aspirations for it, but now I'm settling. So here we are. Tabletop <laughs> RPGs. we all do. There you go. And, you guys uh, know. Just like David. <laughs> of course, this is the Disc Dump. So if you uh, want to buy some merch, it's discdump.threadless.com. Don't expect to be supporting me too much, but if you like the ideas of the show and you like some of the labels and stuff, Toast the Realms, all that good stuff, you can get T-shirts, you can get bath mats, you can get towels, whatever. Oh, yeah. So if you want a towel with my fucking face on it, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on social media, Disc Dump with a C. Or you can go to uh, discdump at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. 
And uh, last but not least, I want to say thank you to the Fat Rap for the use of the song Unity, which you can find on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify, too, but Spotify don't pay shit. That's right. So he would rather you go to YouTube. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you type in Toast of the Realms on Etsy, you can find my 3D printing page. Alrighty, fellas. Thank you guys so much for doing this episode. Absolutely. You are very welcome, sir. And thank you so much for having us on this whole series. Oh, we got one more still. That's right. And so if you (laughs) like this bullshit and nonsense, join us again next week. There you go. Because we got more stupid bullshit for you. (laughs) Hell yeah. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to you people listening. Yes, exactly. Uh, Alrighty, dumpers. Until next week. Bye. Toodaloo. (laughs) I don't hate you. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Drew's still out on me. (laughs) 